freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And this is our 66th episode, Dan. Holy cow, where does the time go? Making me sound old, Cheryl. <laughs> well, there's 52 weeks in a year. Oh, so, so that's only a year. Yeah, okay. So, okay. so do the math. It's, but what a wonderful opportunity we've had to interview some incredible people from all, uh, probably one from every state. I should, I should look that up and see if we've had one from, at least one from every state by now. Well, coming up this hour, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Culminary. And our theme today is Simply Thankful. Our next guest is Anthony Imperato, owner of Henry Repeating Arms. Anthony lives a life that exudes thankfulness and gratitude. You can see it in his patriotism and love for this country and in his acts of service and generosity to others and in his efforts to create beautiful quality craftsmanship in an American-made product that gives jobs to so many right here on American soil. Anthony Imperato, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. It was wonderful. How about yourself? I watched myself eating wise, but drank a little bit too much wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all right. One out of two wasn't bad. That's not bad. Well, you know, we had you on a few weeks back as we were all anticipating this amazing and historic event that you uh, organized with the NRA. It was called the 1,000 Man Shoot. And now we're on the other side of it. And so I wanted to kind of get a debrief from you. Uh, how did it go? Were there hiccups along the way? Was it smooth sailing? Like, what was it like from your perspective? It was uh, it was fantastic. It was a, a great event, really emotional, uh, patriotism, camaraderie, just feel good. Uh, and um, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Of course, like anything you do for the first time, there's always some room for improvement. And so, uh, you know, we we immediately made notes of, okay, you know, put another food truck in this section, do this, do that. So we have, a, you know, a few things to uh, improve, but nothing, you know, really serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, we wanted it to be a safe event, and thank God it was. Uh, you know, having a 1,000 people plus 400 uh, volunteers and uh, range service officers who volunteered for, uh, for uh, safety on the range, and a lot of other activity press there and a whole bunch of other things that were going on. So first and foremost, we wanted it to be a safe event. And thank God it was, but it was a blast. <laughs> Anthony, this is Dan. Hey, 
Cheryl and I were at that event. We tried to say hi to you, but you were just, there was lines of people from everywhere wanting to see you. And it was great to see that. I I really appreciate it. And the only hicks I could see was maybe the food. That was it. But other than that, it was great. Very fun, safe deal. I'd love to do it again myself. But I want to tell you, you created a monster, okay? Because I've, in my small shop, I've had four people walk into my door wanting to know if they could buy that gun. Well, Cheryl and I aren't going to sell ours. <laughs> no way. So I got on the I got on the uh, internet and I looked up your company, uh, Henry Repeating Arms, and um, it had a contact us page, and I contacted the first guy that I saw, and I'm sorry I don't know his name right now, and it said it allowed two days for a response back. I got a response back the same day. Mm. Now, they weren't okay. able to help me. They, they said that the guns went to the NRA, but uh, so I did contact the NRA, too, and I'm hoping that I can get four of these for my customers, but I just want to tell you, your customer service here is unbelievable, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, we, we do normally react really quickly but at this time of the year uh when there's a thanksgiving weekend and we have the holidays uh we we just want people to you know if you email us catch your breath a second we will definitely get back to you and give you that personalized uh customer service that you deserve now as far as though the guns go at the event this way it could be perfectly clear the the people who bought the Patriot package get the gun. The guns that were left over, of which there were about 200 or so, the NRA is not selling those. They are using them in their Friends of the NRA banquets around the country uh, for fundraising purposes. So I'm sorry, you, you won't be able to get those those guns no that's okay because uh, i go to the friends yeah. of uh, that and i'll just buy them there yeah <laughs> buy up yeah. all the tickets <laughs> okay <laughs> so, so we'll get them one well, way or the other you have to get lucky you're gonna have to get lucky that you can uh, uh you, you, you you'll get the ticket or, or however they do it you know yeah. we donated 1,000 guns and they came up with the plan on how they would best use them uh you know for uh, firearm safety programs, mm-hmm. youth shooting sports, NRA, ILA uh, uh, initiatives, etc. So uh, once we gave them the guns, it was up to them to figure out how to, to best use them. Well, I think that's that's a wonderful way to do it. Now, will we do it again? Will we have like a 1,001 man shoot? Or what, what are you thinking for the future? Yeah, you know, we... we we feel real good about it, and, uh, you know, we're just catching our breath at this moment, but I would say it's more likely that we do, you know, something again than not likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's slightly different than what you you saw there, but um, i got to keep myself uh, entertained <laughs> with some <laughs> different things do you know other than just making guns and selling guns so yeah, yeah i get well, how that. about a 1000 woman shoot mm. well, you know, women are yeah. really getting involved in the guns now and what a way to commemorate that yes well you know that's exactly it's great minds think alike okay so that had already crossed my mind uh, one, even though we had a lot of women participating, you saw them there, mm-hmm. um, the, 
when we came up with the term 1,000 man, uh, to a couple of ladies who got offended, uh, you know, by email, I explained that 1,000 man meant mankind. Right. Whether you're a man, woman, right. black, white, any nationality, any creed, any religion, it didn't matter. It meant mankind. That being said, um, uh, with the significant numbers of women entering the shooting sports in the past few years, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. And that's that's one of the variations that's on our agenda. So the place may be packed. If there's a thousand women there, there might be five thousand guys shopping. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, another thing, Anthony. One of my sayings is, you know, if women in the house have guns, that will give the man can have more guns. Mm-hmm. If you can get the woman involved in the guns, they will allow you to buy more guns. So it's a good thing. It's a win for everybody. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, exactly. you already touched on the safety angle. And I have to say, as a participant, I couldn't get over how well organized, so precision. Uh, oh, my God. It was incredible, right? It, it, it yeah. was perfect. It was like a German or a Swiss watch, right? Or uh, yes. it was just amazing. And so you have a thousand plus total strangers showing up, standing next to each other with live ammunition in these firearms and exactly no problems, none. It was beautiful. And so how do you, I mean, I don't know if you had any what we would call negative press, but I don't know how they would possibly because it was so perfect. Yeah, thank you for bringing bringing that up. Um, The... Uh, actually, we did have some negative press from USA Today, who I spent, I don't know, a good half an hour with the journalist. Uh, and, uh, you know, it didn't it, it, it didn't relate to safety, uh, but he was implying that um, it wasn't a cross section of Americans, which was nonsense. Nonsense. And, I uh, was there. Yeah, that, that, what yeah, were that they the only what, what negative thing? I'm sorry. Yeah, what were they if they weren't a cross section? I mean, what? Yeah, I don't. And I saw it, and so anyway, that was the only thing that I saw uh, as far as negative, and most everything else was very positive. There was some good dialogue on the internet over the fact that Guinness Book of World Records would not recognize this as a uh, as a record, and so there was a lot of people footballing that topic around and. It's just another example of the gun industry being being treated like us, you know, <laughs> the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the per, you know, if if they could have a record for, you know, how many uh, gold stars you could put on a fingernail, <laughs> you certainly could have a record for, uh, you know, what we accomplished out there. And getting back to your point about the you know Swiss precision on on how it on how it uh, was handled. First of all, kudos to Arizona Fish and Game, uh, Ben Avery Shooting Facility, which was outstanding. Matt Schwarzkopf led the charge out there. The gentleman at Ben Avery, Mr. Voyles, who heads it all up. So I we we tip our cap to them. They they did an outstanding job. The thing that I pointed out to even to USA Today and some other journalists was I said 
watch how people conduct themselves on the range today. Watch the discipline. Take mm-hmm. it all in. Mm-hmm. This is where you find the most law-abiding, you know, uh, Bible-toting, God-fearing, tax-paying, mm. flag-waving uh, American citizens anywhere. And this is a great. This is exactly why it's great for youngsters to come and learn the shooting sports because they learn a discipline that they could use in so many other areas in in their life. Well, amen. And so, unfortunately, putting myself blue in the face, and uh, you know the media doesn't want to look at it the way we know it really is. But that's you, you can feel my passion when I say that. I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, I thank you again. Dan thanks you again. It was a a historic day and nothing that Guinness or USA Today says or doesn't say about it will take one iota away from the experience of everyone that was there. And we're going to continue to to let people know in whatever ways we can exactly what you were talking about, the discipline, the uh, the patriotism, all of the things that, that those of us in the shooting sports and those of us that love our Second Amendment, it's just the fabric of who we are. And, and we can't help it, you know. It just comes through in the way we talk, the way we behave. And uh, and we really appreciate you bringing so many of us together in the same place at the same time. And before we run off, please tell folks, uh, you know, it is Christmas season and Hanukkah season and all kind of different gift giving seasons. Uh, you know, people really might want to have a beautiful Henry wrapped up under the tree. So tell folks how they can learn more about your company. Thank you very much. Uh, if you know, they want to have something made in America under the tree, consider one of our rifles. We have a holiday gift guide. They could come to henryrifles.com. Of course, they have to go to a local gun shop to make the purchase. If the gun shop needs assistance in getting uh, any of our models, they can just email me directly, and I will make sure that that gun is under the Christmas tree in time for Christmas. And, uh, it's again, it's henryrifles.com. And can call us toll free. It's 866-200-2354. And lastly, just getting back to uh, the thousand man, uh, we're going to have a sizzle reel, like a three minute uh, clips of some of the you know exciting moments there, which I'd like to email to you that you can post. It's also going to be on our website. And on Super Bowl Sunday, there's going to be a half hour program on national TV, various stations, uh, about the thousand man event. So we're looking forward to that too. That is fantastic. That is going to be awesome. Hey, uh, are we going to see you, Anthony, at the shot show? Uh, I'm probably going to walk the shot show. I don't have the, you know, exact dates that I'm going to be there. Uh, you know, if folks want to see me for certain, they could see me at the NRA show in Atlanta this year. Please come by and, uh, stop and say hello fantastic well thank you again so much anthony imperato for being our guest today owner of henry repeating arms thank you Mm -hmm. bye-bye now all right stick around because on the other side of this commercial we are going to be talking with our friend he's been on a few times paul lathrop the owner and co-executive producer of the polite society podcast and the founder of the self-defense radio network When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. 
Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. If you have missed any portion of today's show, please check out our website where you can find the recording of today's show and every other show we've done, all 66 of them so far. You would go to gunfreedomradio.com, you would click the On Demand tab, and all of the shows are right there, broken into one-hour segments. So each show has two different links. You can also check out our guest tab. Now, if you want to kind of put a face to a voice and find out more about each of the guests we've had on the show, maybe links to their website, their Facebook page, that sort of thing, click on the guest tab and you can see everybody that we have ever had on. That list is just growing and growing. Well, our next guest coming right up is Paul Lathrop. Now, Paul, uh, we've been on his show a couple times. He's been on this show a couple times. We're, we're pals. We're friends. And he is the owner and co-executive producer of the Polite Society podcast. I love that name. And he's also the founder of the Self-Defense Radio Network, of which we are a part. So, Paul, are you with us? I sure am. Hey, now you're also an over-the-line driver. So, so where are you today? Uh, today, at this moment, I'm about uh, four or five miles east of Grand Island, Nebraska. Nebraska. Holy cow. And here we sit in Arizona where we think we're freezing and it's all of maybe, you know, 68 degrees out. So I'm, I'm assuming in Nebraska it's a little bit chillier. My truck right now says it's 34 degrees. Oh, stop it. Plus, you've got to deal with snow. <laughs> 
and traffic. So just stay safe out there. Yes, ma'am. Well, I wanted to talk to you about um, the SDRN is what we we talk about it, uh, what we call it amongst ourselves. But it's the Self-Defense Radio Network. Now, where did that idea come from? Well, when I started my show, uh, I became part of an old network called the Gun Rights Radio Network. It doesn't exist anymore. But what it was was just a place where a bunch of podcasts got together and uh, basically talked each other up, tried to increase listenership by increasing exposure. Well, when that radio network went away, nothing really came up to fill the void. There were a few networks that popped up, but they kind of died by neglect, and I... I thought that the network was a good thing. And and there was a second part in that when I got started in podcasting, I kept, I was really struggling because podcasting is not free. Mm. Uh, It does cost money. And, and, and the, the bandwidth is a small part of it. The equipment is amazingly expensive. And I, I struggled for a very long time. I did eventually find sponsorship. I did eventually make the podcast, uh, make a little bit of money. But my main goal to start with was to break even, and I succeeded. And I thought, you know, not only is there not a network, but maybe if I could help other podcasters do what I did, break even, take the financial burden off of having a podcast that you that they would be able to succeed as well as I have, and maybe even beyond me. And so I brought out of the idea of creating a network. The network would sell advertising and give most of the profits back to the podcasters so that they would have the financial burden relieved from them the way I wish it would have been relieved for me. That is really wonderful because, you know, not only are the, the podcasts out there that are already in play, there's got to be people that feel like they've got something to contribute to the community, but the finances maybe are the thing that stops them or the lack of, of community support, you know, maybe those things stop them. And so now with the Self-Defense Radio Network, you know, you've kind of built those two things in. And the, as a listener, what I keep thinking about is there is so much, um, what are they calling it, fake news uh, out there. There's so so much misinformation. There are so many yes. groups out there that have misleading names. Um, and so if I think that I'm tuning into uh, one thing, you know, like here's Bloomberg's group. It, they don't have a podcast I'm aware of, but it's called Every Town for Gun Safety. Well, that sounds great. I would love to tap into that, right? But then you find out that actually what they are for is restricting your rights and diminishing your Second Amendment. So there are shows out there that, that are akin to that. And so, you know, when you come to the Self-Defense Radio Network, it's kind of like you can pretty much just let your guard down you know, you always want to you always want to engage in critical thinking, no matter who you're listening to, um, and get your news from a variety of, of sources. But I think you can just kind of go, all right. So I don't have to um, 
vet every single syllable that's coming out of somebody's mouth on any of these shows. Well, Cheryl, you were kind of confused there. You were saying these fake networks. Mm -hmm. We're talking about podcasts. We're not talking about CNN. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is true. So, Paul, how did you gather together a a group of quality uh, podcasters and radio shows? What I did was I, I, I have a group that I listen to from time to time. Uh, I, I listen to radio. I listen to podcasts as a truck driver on average about 11 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to those that I listened to, that I enjoyed, and that I trusted. And that's where the base of the network, that's where the first few shows came from. And through that, I had some others suggested, and I had some people, once the word got out about what I and, 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 and Bob Main of the Handgun World podcast eventually came along and helped, but once word got out about what SDRN was about, I had people contact me saying, hey, I'd love to be a part of this. And so I had to go and listen to several of their shows and talk with the individual show personalities at length just to make sure that that the pro-freedom message was the main message Mm -hmm. that they were putting out. Well, and it's a huge compliment to us, and we're honored uh, that we were one of the phone calls you made, and we are, uh, Gun Freedom Radio is part of the SDRN. And before we have to run away here, tell us really quickly, who have you found as our sponsors, and how can people tune in to hear more? Uh sponsors i we've got three of them that are we are amazingly lucky to have first the armed citizens legal defense network a group of amazingly great people out of the uh uh washington uh coastal area of washington awesome awesome people marty hayes and the crew over there um the other sponsors we have we have concealment solutions just came on board makers of uh, my opinion the best holsters on the market incredibly durable and amazingly comfortable and the third sponsor is actually uh beyond concealed carry training and uh they that's uh, bob main and ben brown they go all over the country and do training during the uh spring through early fall uh and then as far as where you can listen to us it's really easy selfdefenseradio.net and that is the main website for the for the network, if you tune, if you just pull that up, every show puts their links up on that website, and you can find all of us through that website. Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for coming on, and uh, stay safe out there on those crazy roads. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Paul Lathrop of the Polite Society Podcast and the Self-Defense Radio Network. Okay, well, coming up right after this break, we have two amazing young ladies. I call them young ladies. (laughs) They're of the millennial generation. We have Antonia Okafer, and we have Madison Jessioto talking to us about that OSU car and knife attack. Not a shooting. Stick around. 
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. for sticking around with us today. You are listening to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And keeping with our theme today, which is simply thankful, we are simply thankful for our next two guests. We have Antonia Okafor, who is a creative writer at Independent Journal Review. And we also have Madison Jessioto, who's a columnist at Washington Times. Madison also studies law at OSU. You might remember OSU for being in the news this week, Ohio State University. So we are simply thankful to know both of these women who are a voice for people across the nation who are advocates of campus carry. And they're both just calm voices, which is a wonderful and refreshing thing in in today's world. Everybody seems so frenetic, and and both of these ladies are just so logical, and and I'm thrilled to have them on. Are Are both of you ladies with us? Hello? No, maybe not. Antonia, are you with us? And Madison? Yes, I'm here. Okay, so we've got both of you then. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. We had a little weird phone thing going on. So, um, Antonia, I want to just start with you really quickly. You've been on our show in the past, and you have been talking about the importance of campus carry. So, naturally, we thought of you when the news broke on Monday of this week about the quote-unquote active shooter on Ohio State University campus, who it turns out was actually uh, an active knifist or an active yeah. vehicleist. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And so we thought about the importance of, of campus carry. Um, from your perspective, 
what what is your take on this whole thing the the way that it played out in the news and for the poor people that were standing there on that sidewalk that day yeah i think exactly that the you know the poor people staying on the sidewalk who had absolutely no way of defending themselves um you know a lot of anti-gun people immediately made it into a gun control issue right after and then of course we found out quickly um, that it was someone who had a knife and a car and, and didn't have a gun. And in fact, the person who did have a gun was the, the good guy, the cop, that uh, the hero that shot him and uh, saved a bunch of more lives. And so um, I think it's the fact that, you know, here we are, you know, count my blessings that I'm in Texas and that on a college campus, I'm able to protect myself um, with the firearm. Um, but not every state is fortunate enough to have that. Absolutely. So now, Madison, um, you are a student at OSU. So tell us, what are the rules there about protecting yourself? Yeah, so as most of you know, in Ohio, we do have the ability to receive our concealed carry weapons licenses. However, in Ohio State campus, we cannot use our concealed weapons. So basically what these gun-free zones create for us um, is victim target zones. So, so we're left especially vulnerable to attack and, you know, unable to legally defend ourselves against people like this attacker on Monday. And I think what, what this really brings attention to is the fact that nine out of 10 times, we're not going to have a cop that's just going to be there for another reason, you know, right next to an attack. So while people were very lucky on Monday, they may not be so lucky next time. Well, isn't that the truth? And here we're sitting in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we've got one of you in Ohio, one of you in Texas. Now, here in Arizona, if you're standing on one side of the street, you don't need a license, right? As long as you're of age and you have no uh, felony record or anything like that, you can fully protect yourself. The minute you cross the sidewalk onto the campus of, say, ASU or U of A or pick, pick the college, you suddenly are treated as an infant, you suddenly lose all of your rights and abilities to be able to protect yourself. Now, when I went to college, I was married. I had a child. I was, you know, in my uh, late 20s. So often people want to just say, oh, college kids. Well, neither one of you is a college kid. You're, you're, you're young women. You're serious-minded. Um, is that similar to what you're experiencing at, on the college campus of OSU, Madison? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing we have to take into account is that Ohio State is a great campus. We have a wonderful police department, but very near to Ohio State, just within a few blocks, there are some of the worst areas in Columbus. And so for students that don't maybe have big budgets and have to live in some of these areas, they have received their concealed and carry weapons licenses to protect themselves. But when they're going to campus, maybe for a later evening class or really class at any time of the day, and they have to walk home, well, then that creates an issue because they can't stop on the main road in front of the university, leave their gun on the ground and get it after. So it's very difficult. And it's, it's very scary. I've had friends that were mugged and things like that that would have been able to protect themselves if they could carry their weapons. And so it's terrible to see this happening. And I've been at Ohio State now for seven years. I went there for undergrad. I'm in the process of finishing up law school there. I'll graduate in May. And I, I'm lucky I haven't been in a situation where if I had my gun on me, I would have needed to use it. But there's other people that haven't been so lucky. And my heart breaks for them. And I think this is an important issue, more important now than ever, when we're seeing increased attacks um, by terrorist groups and many criminals as well, because we do have an economy that's not really flourishing right now. Mm. Antonio and Madison, uh, welcome to the show. This is Dan. I, I just want to say that, you know, there were 13 people that got stabbed that day. If one of those persons would have had 
a, a firearm, I don't think 13 people would have been stabbed. Maybe one mm-hmm. or the attempt of one anyway. Yeah, and you know what oh, I yeah. also think is yeah. that, um, sorry, Antonia, if the, even no, if fine. that cop was, you know, five minutes away, people out of those, even out of those 13 could have died. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So c- coming back to you, Antonia, um, you know, you used to be part of a group for Campus Carry. You, you have a new job now, as I mentioned, you're now a journalist uh, with mm-hmm. Independent Journal Review. Um, would you think that maybe there's a lot of parents across the nation right now and a lot of college students themselves that are saying, okay, enough, enough of this. I don't want to hear on the news that my child um, that I'm paying the tuition for, by the way, on this campus, is left as uh, merely luck of the draw that we're going to have a police officer close by. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that you brought up, you know, that, you know, these parents are paying, you know, tuition dollars and, and really they're paying taxes as well and, and going towards um, these public universities that, um, you know, a lot of people don't know. Ohio does have it's HB 48 um, to a so one part of it is that they've made it from a felony to a misdemeanor to have, if someone is caught with a firearm to now have a, it's a misdemeanor. But also, um, really, it was in the hands of every university to make the decision if they were going to allow people to have firearms on campus or not, um, which is a little bit different than Texas, where all public universities have to have um, concealed carry in some fashion. Um, but they get to determine where they're going to have it on campus. Well, Ohio has it where they can ban it altogether, and Ohio State University unfortunately says, no, we don't want we don't want students to be able to have a firearm on campus. And I think that's the sad thing is that we're we're delegating these 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 decisions that you know with our tax dollars with our votes, we already decided um, through the state legislator that they can make a decision that we that represents us as people as voters, but then, um, you know, these administrators are making the decision after that saying, no, basically making null and void that, no, we're going to make a decision um, that's contrary to what the people in the state want in the first place. Mm. So, Madison, you're studying law, am I right? Yes, that's correct. And so I know that there's a lot of, of areas of law, and so maybe this isn't an area that, that you're well-versed in, but, um, you know, could there be some legal pressure that could be put on on any of these universities to change the rules or do parents and students just have to vote with their dollars and say as I'm vetting a school if I can't be uh, if I can't self-protect protect myself defend myself with a knife or pepper spray or a gun or whatever I think I need I'm gonna go somewhere else you know, I think it's a combination of many things. There's definitely legal pressure that can be applied to not only Ohio State, but other universities that have students and families suffering from these same concerns. But I think one of the things that's going to send a large message to a school like Ohio State is if donors start to pull out. I know we've seen things like this happen on other campuses. And we have alumni who donate a large sum of money every year to this university um, that, you know, provides students with so many incredible opportunities. But if they're concerned about the safety of these same students they're trying to provide opportunities to, and the school won't budge, I think we could potentially see things like that also having an effect on what happens in the future. Do I think it's going to be overnight? No, I don't, unfortunately. But I do think this is something we can see changed if people continue to put this pressure on and we continue to push legally um, and legislatively as well. Mm. And that's something that Students for Concealed Carry actually is doing today. Uh, they were at a hearing this morning 
which ironically and coincidentally, uh, the Ohio Senate was already going to be looking at HB 48 and seeing if they wanted to revise it. And so uh, they were at the hearing this morning um, to try and basically change it so it's easier for us or Ohio students to obtain um, a CCW on campus and be able to have their firearm on campus. But um, it's just interesting the timing of them already listening to, you know, hearing this um, for a committee hearing and this happening the same week, unfortunately. But hopefully it will change minds and, and hearts as well. That is what we are hoping. I mean, you know, no no experience is lost if you ha- if you learn something from it, and so um, we're we're kind of hoping that that's uh, what is learned from this. Now, uh, you just wrote an article and published an article about this yesterday, um, Antonia. So please tell folks mm-hmm. how they can uh, read that article and and follow you. And then, Madison, uh, you tell folks how they can uh, check out your whatever you have going on with your articles. I mean, you are a busy, busy person. So, uh, Antonia, you go first. Yeah, well, um, so I'm a journalist with Independent Journal Review, and they can check me out on IJR.com, where you can see my articles. But uh, they can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at um, Antonia underscore Okafor. Very good. And Madison? Yes, my column releases every Wednesday evening on WashingtonTimes.com. I'll actually be doing something um, like a follow-up to what Antonio is writing about, talking about Monday and concealed carry on my campus. And on top of that, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, Madison Jessiato. That's fantastic. Now, you were um, a contestant in the Miss Universe uh, pageant. Are you going to be doing more pageants coming up? No, I'm actually retired from pageants. I actually started doing pageants when I was in college, so I didn't growing up grow up doing pageants at all. It was an incredible experience. I had the opportunity to compete with the Miss Universe organization at Miss USA in 2014, and uh, I, I really had an amazing experience. And I actually now started my own small business where I work on interview consulting with girls who aspire to compete at Miss America, Miss USA, and Miss Universe. Fantastic. Well, well-rounded women we're talking to today. I, I absolutely appreciate that you guys took time, especially on short notice. I think I reached out to you guys yesterday or the day before, and, and I really appreciate it. So thank you again, Antonia Okafor and Madison Jessiato. Thank you. Thank, thank you, ladies. You. Thank you, ladies. Okay, so when we come back, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and uh, hopefully it'll be a commentary out of Dan, but it will be Dan's commentary. Mm. <laughs> Stick around. Hi, folks. I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop. You should make it yours, too. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home, so I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. 
fun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Welcome back to the final segment already, Dan, of today's Gun Freedom Radio. That's why I'm saying three-hour show. Stop it. (laughs) Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We're also sponsored by our auction house that we own, Pot of Gold Estate dot com check that out because we do also sell guns and ammo and all kinds of even coins and jewelry and oh my oh my right uh on there but we've got a our once a year our annual military and firearm and ammo auction coming up uh on monday uh december 5th so check that out online stop by the shop if you're in arizona it's a lot of fun Well, one of the things that we get to do on this show that I just love so much is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Well, Responsibly Armed Citizens use guns 2.5 million times a year for self-defense. You know, if you just think about that number right there, if there was really a problem... Uh, with people misusing them, it would be blood in the streets everywhere, right? That's the way that the rights restrictors want to uh, paint responsibly armed citizens. But uh, in addition to that, uh, 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. So today's story... Where do we expect to encounter danger? A dark alley? On the wrong side of the tracks? Maybe in places where we are looking for trouble? I think all of those ideas come to mind. It's almost like some of us believe that we only find danger when we deserve to be brutalized. Those who are actively seeking to chip away at our rights to defend ourselves and where we can defend can defend ourselves make this assertion as part of their, quote, common sense gun legislation. They put our children and our college students and so many of us in danger's path by creating imaginary gun-free zones. And they shame the rest of us into backing down from our side of the debate when we insist that responsibly armed citizens are the true first responders to any emergency because uh, we are the ones that danger's attacking. Which takes us to Charlotte, North Carolina, as an employee of a pizza hut was closing up shop at 1.30 a.m. Not one, not two, but three men rushed into what they surely thought was one of those gun-free zones to rob the man inside. This man was not 
looking for trouble. He was not in a dark alley. He was earning a living and minding his own business and thankfully was also a responsibly armed citizen stopping danger in his tracks and sending dangerous friends fleeing into the night. WCNC, Charlotte, North Carolina. Pizza Hut employee shoots, kills robbery suspect, police. A West Charlotte Pizza Hut employee shot and killed a man who was trying to rob the restaurant early Sunday morning, according to Charlotte Mecklenburg Police. Police were called to 3215 Freedom Drive around 1.38 a.m. to report of a person who was shot inside the restaurant, which was closed at the time. When officers arrived on the scene, they found a man suffering from an apparent gunshot wound. The man was pronounced dead at the scene by a medic. Investigators determined three people entered the restaurant and were in the process of robbing it when one of the employees fired his own personal handgun at one of the suspects. According to police, one person was shot. A handgun was recovered at the scene that police say was carried by the robbery suspect at the time he was shot. The two other robbery suspects ran from the scene and have not been located at this time. There were no customers inside at the time of the incident. The investigation continues and no names have been released. Hmm. So what do you think of that, Dan? I think the employee probably said, would you like a mushroom with that? <laughs> mushroom? Mushrooms? With that oh. pizza? Oh. <laughs> like uh, psychedelic? Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, you come in to rob a pizza place, I'll give you a bullet with mushrooms. <laughs> no? I'm not sure you know? I understand. Okay. But you know what? I know that uh, you are very eager to get to your commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently <coughs> if you let it. My commentary, commentary, um, could be <laughs> over the college that removed the U.S. flag, the recount of the election for Clinton, the not having enough Play-Doh and crying towels for the Democrats. Do you remember what the kids were doing back in World War II, Cheryl? Mm, yeah. They you know weren't what, playing though? with Play-Doh and having uh, safe spaces, were right. they? Right. But instead, I'm going to talk about Tim Kaine's tweet on Twitter. I'll quote it. Deeply saddened by the senseless act of gun violence at Ohio State this morning, praying for the injured and the entire Buckeye community. So Tim Kaine, remind us who that is. Tim Kaine was, oh man, I woke up this morning so thankful. He was running for vice president. He was on the ticket with Clinton. And I'm thankful that that never came to be because it's stories like this. When they jump the gun, they want everything to be about a gun. Okay? All the, everything that happens, the first thing they do is how many guns were involved? How many of this? And then they find out, oh, it wasn't a gun. It was a knife. And it was a car. And where's the, where's the correction? Where's anything? I, I didn't see that. I'm not a Twitter guy, but I didn't see it. Did you see it? Well, actually, there was a bit of a conversation on my personal Facebook feed about this. Um, and a friend did share that he, he made a correction. There was no retraction, but he made a correction. So he, he called it senseless gun violence. Okay, but then when he made the correction, he goes, oh, it appeared, you know, there's an update. It appears it was a car and a knife. 
Right. So he didn't say senseless knife violence. No, because... He didn't say senseless vehicular violence. And these phrases are important. It's important to tune your ear. Now, I don't want you to, to be boxing at shadows. I don't want you to be hearing things that aren't there. But definitely don't miss the glaring phrases that are purposely said, you know, just like the common sense. Well, we have me and James Brown have a phrase for Tim Kaine. What's that? Don't jump the gun. <laughs> nice. You, you look pretty proud of yourself. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he he. I think he did jump the gun. But here's the conversation that went on on my Facebook feed was that. So when he said there was senseless gun violence, well, you and I, Dan, and so many of our listeners that are are tuned in to what's going on out there, we know that when the rights restrictors talk about gun violence in America and they show us our annual figures, they include an incident like this where there was justifiable force used by a law enforcement officer. Because there was violence involved. The knife guy was violent. A cop shot him. So they use that as a gun violence statistic. So they conflate that. They also use all the responsibly armed citizen reports that we talk about every week. Those figures would be in those statistics as gun violence. Because three guys go to rob a store and a man stops it with his own gun, Mm -hmm. legally stops it, Mm -hmm. that becomes a violent crime statistic with a gun. And they also include suicides, which is actually the biggest piece of that statistical pie in the course of a year. Um, And, I mean, that's violence against self, but it... And it's not to minimize, um, you know, how destructive and sad uh, suicide is. But it really doesn't, if you're following the logic train, I don't believe that it belongs in a figure called annual gun violence statistics, which people that aren't really digging into what makes up those numbers, it sounds like this, oh my gosh, horrible number. And... um, you know, causes us to feel like, oh, we do need to do something about this. So I, I was saying that if he, if he knew already, well, let's take it the other way. If Kane didn't know that it was a car and a knife and he made this statement, well, then he just, he spoke too soon, mm-hmm. but he should have then said, I apologize for, you know, calling it gun violence, something like that. If he did know that it was a car and a knife and he said this statement, there are people uh, that that have reached out to me and they said, this is that vilifying of police officers right. that we know is going the on. Police, now, there's some people that said the police could, the man, the, the hero, I'm going to call him a hero, mm-hmm. he could have stopped this without using a gun. That's what some people are quoting. Right, shoot to wound. No, I, yeah, I mean, shoot I to wound. That. Or, I heard that it was racially him, driven. Like or tase him or try to thinking? grab him from behind. One lady said on the Fox News said last night that that he has enough training that he wouldn't had to have used the gun. Well, how many more people would have been been uh, stabbed or maybe more died because of taking the time? Right. Or suppose the guy with the knife would have successfully attacked and subdued the officer. Now. 
he's got the officer's firearm. You know, so, you know, you just don't get to Monday morning quarterback this and start calling it things that it's not. You just, I mean, I guess you can if you want, but we are going to call you out on it. I have important news announcements. Though, due to the effects of the election, the results of the election, all the liberals have to stand in a corner. That's <laughs> not it. Not all of them. The ones that think like that. Yeah. The ones that think that guns are bad, you have to sit in a corner and, and let's see what happens. Let's see. Well, a bunch of them are already playing with Play-Doh and stuff. So, Just don't shape it into a gun. <laughs> don't do it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, we've got to wrap up. But thank you so much to our, our tech crew, Blade here, who reads the news for us and gets the switchboard going, all our calls lined up. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for all you do, Blade. Uh, thank you to our listeners, what we do here. You know, it it would just be a fun conversation with Dan and I and a few of our friends if it weren't for our listeners. So thank you. They're all our friends, too. They are, too. Yeah. And to all of our guests, thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise with us and a, a piece of your life with us. So until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Um, I'll pray for the majority of them. <laughs> You're liking that majority. I love that majority one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's an election uh, comment, isn't it? So uh, majority. pray for it. all of them, even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like, and be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. Our founding fathers... Here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since. Evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.